Merson has scored it. the legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and I am back with former internationals Emma Byrne and PMAP captain Karen Duggan. It's been a chaotic few weeks, to say the least, since we last chatted with all you listeners. Arsenal and England hearts have been broken as Leah Williamson is the latest to suffer an ACL injury. Both Arsenal and Chelsea have managed to keep their Champions League hopes relatively alive. Bristol City are being promoted into the WSL and the two Manchester sides did their top three bids a lot of favours over the last week. We will be looking at all of that and our team of the week later in the show. But for now, there was only one real talking point at the weekend and that was Karen Duggan's stunning goal, which of course we had to start with. There was nowhere else to go. Karen, you're blushing. I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's rare is wonderful. Um, yeah, it was good to get a goal. Um, I always said it, just play, play me in the ten. Feed the bear. Feed the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the bear. <laughs> what a goal as well. I mean, if you only score one or two a season, you might as well do them like that. Emma, I'm on three already. Come on. I'm, I was talking about the, the standard of the goal. Your other two goals were... <laughs> Bobby average. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, they were dodgy enough pens. So yeah, I take it back. Yeah, and it was, not only was it a nice one, it was an important one as well for P-Mount because you were 1-1 at that stage and it was 80th minute, was yeah, it? Yeah, just, just keeps a, a bit of momentum going. Obviously, we got had a heavy defeat to Shells and then we struggled a little bit against Cork and we struggled a bit in the first half against Wexford. Um, but we grounded out and then there's a nice quiet game next week against Rovers to look forward to. So that should be fun. That was going to be my next question is, uh, how are you feeling about that one? Uh, it'll be a bit of crack. I think it'll be funny. Well, like it won't be funny for the 90 minutes. We'll be absolutely flaking each other. But outside of that, it'll be fun. <laughs> I love your way of like describing being like, it'll be funny. It makes it sound like you're all going to be skating around the pitch like Bambi or something. And just No, like, like I think it'll be over the top aggression, which will actually turn out very funny. But we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll see. <laughs> Has there been much uh, bantering between the two sides? Because obviously there's a form, some former P-Mount players in there. No, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't talk to each that. other anymore. They're, no, they're enemies. They actually don't. Like, it's so weird. Um, so no, no banter. I mean, I live with Amanda Budden, who's the goalkeeper. So we both just get too awkward to talk about it. So we'll, we'll see. We just want it over and done with now. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe you'll have a nice little chat out over a cup of tea after the game depending on how it goes or who who is the happier of the two sides when it's all over possibly I don't think I don't think it'll be tea but we'll 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 talk it out it'll be fine we won't fall out over it it's only football at the end of the day (laughs) 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 depression if we even draw a game (laughs) and Emma you have been jet setting around the place once again oh yes Fun, fun. I am currently in Barcelona. I am going to do the Champions League game. So I'm going to be in uh, Camp Nou on Thursday. Looking forward to that. Um, 
and I'm doing uh, the men's game on the Wednesday. I haven't really, I need to check that properly. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about that. But yeah, looking forward to that one. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be interesting to see if Barca actually feel like playing because yeah. they haven't even gone into second gear yet. And poor Chelsea are struggling. You know, that was them really struggling, wasn't it? But uh, that's going to be good. I reckon it's going to be a bit of a hammering, to be honest. Yeah, I enjoyed Kira Walsh talking after the game at the weekend when asked about the return leg was just kind of like, we always score a lot of goals there. And that was like her only answer. And I was like, God, I'd be terrified if I was a Chelsea player right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know, they're they're just incredible at home in Camp Nou. They're just like... You know, all the fans are there. It's it's a reason for them to to play well. They don't need a reason other than that, to be honest, because they they win every game. Uh, they barely get tested. Um, but I can't. No, you just don't want to play them there. And I know Emma Hayes is thinking the same thing. It's like it's going to be really difficult. It was difficult for Chelsea at home. Like the whole plan was to try and stay in the game for sure, just to stay in the game. And um. One nil down, they're going into basically the lion's den and they're not going to be able to defend on that pitch. It's impossible, like literally impossible to cover the ground there. So, yeah, good luck to them. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little insight that we're getting to your uh, commentary on Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time Chelsea get the ball, be like, well done, well done. <laughs> they, they've done well to keep the ball for three passes there, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be difficult for them. I mean, I, I I love the underdog. I'm always like getting frustrated with the underdogs because I think they can do better. And it was, that's how I was um, when they played last week. But it's just impossible. You can't stop Barca. Like even watching Arsenal, watching Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg Arsenal, it's a good game and I was so happy for Arsenal. But I'm just thinking, but yeah, these, Barcelona, no team. Looking at that with any no. team. No, at all. I said it months ago. I haven't seen a team with the same level as Barca yet. And I thought maybe, you know, we might see teams grow into it. But I, I just don't think anyone can beat them. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm already, and maybe like Chelsea could pull off a surprise. I don't know. You can never entirely rule these things out. But like, whether it's Chelsea or Arsenal or Wolfsburg that Barcelona play in the final, I'm just not madly excited about watching that as a spectacle, which I think is kind of disappointing for like the premier competition. Like even when it was Leon last year, obviously they beat them, but also you still felt like there was a bit more of a competitive streak. Like what, Barcelona are 60 games unbeaten in the league now, is it? Yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous. Something. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? But, um, I mean, you say that back in 2007. <laughs> oh, back in 2007. I feel like the, the little granny from the Golden Girls in Sicily, 1990. Uh, 2007, we were not expected to do anything. That's the truth. Like, we really, we didn't think we were ourselves. And we had to play two games, which is even worse. Um, and we managed to do it. And I think Arsenal are in that kind of same position. Um you know, they're missing a lot of players. Like, you feel a bit bad for them. I, I do believe that if they had Kim Little, especially in that game against Wolfsburg, it would have been a jolly up for them this week. They would have been going into this game three or four nil, nil up because I don't think Wolfsburg are anything to write home about either. Um, but, you know, it can happen. I think Arsenal will beat Wolfsburg. They, they, there is some slight chance. It's a one-off game against Barcelona. I'm going to say it, Barca in the final. So... You know, there's still hope. There's there's hope. 
not much. We'll take your, so. Well, you have been saying <laughs> since the start of the season that you go between Arsenal can win the Champions League and Barcelona are the most complete team you've seen in European football right now. So I'd be curious to see those two meeting together in the final and us getting a, a final Emma Byrne opinion on where those two teams are both You'd at. be fair to Emma, she said that before they lost their four best players. So... Oh, so true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just Arsenal, on that one, Emma. Yeah, Arsenal. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. <laughs> they just can't afford to lose those players. The bench, the bench isn't good enough, unfortunately. And the, even the players that did well against Wolfsburg, that come on, that don't usually play. I don't think they're good enough, personally. Whereas you look at Barca's bench, it's it's just ridiculous. Like the players that they could have brought on against Chelsea, and don't forget, Alexia Pateas will be back for the final. Like Sorry. like any team needs to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> However, that might cause a few problems in midfield for Barca. You know, getting my my you know my witch's hat on. This might cause a few problems for them because there are a lot of big players in there, and I know for a fact there are some players. One player in particular that's not looking forward to Alexia coming back, and I think you can see it in her performance. To be honest, so by big players you're saying big egos. Big egos, big players, exactly. I can just imagine Emma getting out her little like voodoo dolls ahead of the Champions League <laughs> final and like lining all the Barcelona players up and then like colliding with each other and clashing. And I don't know, Katie McCabe running through and scoring a goal for Arsenal. Yeah, no, no, Katie McCabe going smashing, <laughs> smashing everyone. Bring, maybe it'll bring about some <laughs> PSG level of drama that we had last season. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I don't have the time for this. I don't have the time for any of this. We'll just let Katie do her thing and hopefully not get sent off which she probably will yeah (laughs) well we will look at all the Champions League action a little bit more later on in the show because obviously because of it Arsenal and Chelsea weren't competing in the WSL although that was equally as chaotic Uh, there was goals aplenty and Lots of good talking points there. The Koi Gig Podcast on O2B Sports is brought to you by Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Now, Emma Carroll isn't here this week, sadly, but she has sent through a team of the week, but uh, has left the responsibility on my shoulders to present it to you both and to all our listeners. And uh, she sent me some points to, you know, hit back in case any of you guys <laughs> really disagree with what, uh, I hope she's got a bit of a list of points for Shimizu in there by the way <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to seeing what she says stuff. about that <laughs> <laughs> well I'll run through the team and then we can uh, we can Pick it apart in her absence, and I'm sure she will be straight into the WhatsApp group afterwards when I do a terrible job of defending her picks. Um, so in goal, she has Laws. Then, as you rightly pointed out, she is Shimizu, Matthews, Horton, and Kasperi. In the middle, Stumanen, Holland, Hansen, and Kelly, and then Daly and England. So I feel like you already have your starting point with Shimizu, <laughs> Emma. Go for it. Thoughts, queries, comments, and then I will give you <laughs> what Emma's points were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the back line of West Ham really deserve to get in there. Um, Shimizu may have been the better of, of the that back line, but not, not good enough. Not good enough, no, not to get in there. Kelly, who's right wing, scores two in the first yeah. two minutes and Hemp sets and one up a couple of minutes later. <laughs> 
From yeah. Well, what does first of all, what does she say about? <laughs> I want to know what she says about putting her in there. <laughs> she. Uh, well, so she said she did admit in this that she struggled for defenders in general for the week because she wasn't massively impressed with a lot of the performances. Obviously, there was quite a lot of goals. That and is there was, fair. There was yeah, a there was dodgy defender on show. Yeah, and like the fact that there was quite a few teams who like looked very impressive in the first half, like two goal leads and then lost them. Uh, with Shimizu, she just said she felt it was one of the few players who were driving West Ham on. And part of the reason why she has her on the other side is because she just didn't wasn't massively impressed with anyone else in the WSL. To note, this is a purely WSL team as well. The Champions League teams aren't aren't in there for anyone who is listening in on the podcast. We call team of the weekend. We missed the old Man United players in there that's a good point that's a good point well yeah I was gonna say I think um perhaps Blundell would have been a better choice in there I thought Aoife Mannion had an absolutely brilliant game she would have got in my back line somewhere even if it is left back Houghton 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 if you're Irish Houghton Houghton did really well and it was her birthday and you know what she needs a bit of a I think she needs a bit of a push because she should be in the England squad, 100%. Do you think so? Do you yes. think that this is nailed on, bang on, she should? No, this is the problem. I don't think she will get in there and I think she should be in there. Um, I think she's been playing really well for City. She's done everything she can. Like, she's working extremely hard. She was the captain. Like, mm-hmm. she was... The reason why she wasn't in there is because she, she was injured and now she's back playing with, with City. There's no reason for her not to be in there. And now you've got Leah Williamson as well who's injured. Like, there's just no more excuses. Unless it's personal. get in ahead of her. Like, I know, obviously, Bright and Greenwood would be, they're probably starting. I think Mannion would have been brought in if she hasn't got I was just going to say it. I was going to say it. I was like, do you think she slightly regrets her decision? No, No, she can't. I mean, once you play with the Irish team, that's it. You never look back to it. But, um... No, she can't regret that. I'm not even. She better not. not. She better not say yeah. that. <laughs> but she's never going to say fairness, it. From well. everything she has said as well, she has said like this has been a long term thing for her in terms of like having conversations with the Irish team and like her family is like both her parents are from Ireland. She spent all her summers here. There definitely is that connection to the squad. Yeah, no, no. I mean, who knows what would have happened if she hadn't played? I don't know. I mean, she had choices to make back in the day. She chose England, but that's when she was young and and stupid. Like, let's Silly. be honest, she was Silly just girl. stupid, plain stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have put her in there. And I don't think there is anybody else. I mean, I quite like um, where, uh, the Villa centre back. I'm trying to think of her name now. Uh, the captain. What's her name? I like her so much, I can't remember her name. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll think of her name in a bit. But I quite quite like her. Turner. I like Turner for, for Villa, yeah, centre-back. Yeah. I think she's been playing really well. Again, doesn't get that much credit. Um, but apart from that, it has to be Houghton. has to be Steph Houghton. She's got the experience. She's not going to go in as captain. That's a problem that she has to deal with. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely think she should be brought into the squad. So do you think Letizia is a starter now or is it still Greenwood Bright? No, it's still Greenwood Bright. Greenwood a centre back. I'm glad she's going more centre back than left back because she's she's not quick enough anymore for left back. And she's she does really well in there. Um but considering then, all the comments so that's like so the stuff that Horton said, I don't know, so the stuff Serena Vigman said last week, it seems very unlikely that she's getting into that squad. Like she's not Serena getting in. Basically said, no, it's not happening. Unless I don't know. 
there are more injuries than we know about in the squad. I mean, if I was Steph right now, I'd be feeling really hurt personally. I think it, I think I'd be taking it a little bit personal because even Taylor has said what a great player she's been. She has been really good for City and she had to work so hard to get in there. It was, it was, there was a point where it was looking she wasn't going to get in and maybe she was looking for another club. So she's been through a good bit and I think she deserves it, you know, but um, it doesn't seem like she's going to get in with the comments that Wiegmann made. But I do love, I, I really like Letizia as well. I think she's quality. She's uh, she just doesn't have the experience for international level. And I think in a World Cup, you can't afford those kind of starters. Mm. So Yeah, she probably would have needed a bit more game time in a lot of the pre-warm-up matches and stuff to kind of cement her confidence in that squad, which I don't know. And it's something people have talked about a bit this week since Leah Williams. And the fact that Wiegmann doesn't really switch her team around at all, even when they're playing like, lesser smaller opponents who they would have expected to be and it's possibly contributing to a injuries and also b those sort of players like Maya Letizia not getting the sort of game time that they should even if she doesn't plan on playing them for the world cup it's just like having that those people on your bench that are actually going to be able to come off and be confident and confident within systems and playing partners or whatever it may be I mean, I think we've seen similar with Ireland as well. They they want to win all these games now. Um, it's just it's just the way of it. I'm kind. I'm a fan of consistency. I quite like the fact that she doesn't change the team, and I think that's the reason for their success. I think it's really important, especially international teams, to play the same team. They don't get the day in day out training and games together so I, do, I don't think you should be changing too much but then you, you run this risk and that's the problem that if someone gets injured and you have to switch it around then so be it but I think she's got enough time she's got a, a time now like even if she says it if she says listen Maya you're gonna I think you're gonna play for me like get that in your head rather than two weeks before the World Cup because I think the mental side of it is a massive thing um, and then let's see how she does with United if she knows that pressure's on her. Mm-hmm. One player we should really pick out, I think, from that team is Chloe Kelly. Um, had gone six games at a goal, got a brace, had a hand in three of the other four goals. Uh, 65 seconds separated her goals. Now, again, West Ham didn't put up a massively impressive <laughs> defensive performance in any shape or form. Uh, but... I mean, again, England will be very happy to see her kind of starting to hit on some form a couple of weeks out from the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, wide play is a massive feature of their game, isn't it? So um, especially if they're going to have someone like Russo up top who likes getting in on the end of those cutbacks. So, um, yeah, brilliant for England, but we don't care about that <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about them she's more than worth her place on team of the week absolutely I mean the first finish was um, to hit that first time and uh, keeper had no chance to be fair but yeah very 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 bad from West Ham our favourite player Sissoko had an absolute mayor. I do love watching her play though just I just Pretty even when she makes mistakes I'm like oh it's so entertaining um, Chloe Kelly's quality she's always been quality but she just lost her confidence she, she at the start of the season she just didn't seem to look like she knew what she was doing and I think she has a little bit more freedom now I think she was trying to get down the line all the time at the start of the season and I think that was basically what she was told to do and I think she's got a bit more freedom cutting in now and 
it's funny because there's when it, when one's not playing well, the other's playing brilliant, and vice versa. It's like for me, um, Hemp's not at her best, and now Chloe Kelly's quality, and I'm just wondering if that's any kind of the mentality of it. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm sure Vigman is very very happy about that because um, I mean Chloe Kelly wasn't a starting player for her, but she's definitely going to be now. I think. Mm. And any other mentions on that team that either of you would pick out as uh, you're surprised or else ones that you're like, yes, that's a very deserving place in the team? Hanson for me, I'm glad to see her on there. I think she's been absolutely excellent the second part of this season. Um, Sumanen, I'm not sure. Like she, she couple, she tap in. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure she deserves it. Like for me, Jordan Nobbs played really, really well. Um, for Villa, I might have put her in there. Neville, her favorite player, Emma's favorite player is not in there, and I thought she <laughs> did really well. <laughs> she should have been left back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, Casper, I was really yeah, good. Yeah, I was surprised not to see him. She's decent, and mm-hmm. Laws had had a good game. So yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, she did play out the goalkeepers as one of the harder ones. Um. That she yeah, well, no, no clean sheets, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she although she was always oh, the goalkeeper's the fault. <laughs> Completely the whole goalkeeper's fault. Who else's fault could it be? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, despite her being absent, we do appreciate Emma actually sending us through that team and uh, not putting any of us through the stress of having to pull it together because it's <laughs> possibly the toughest job on the Koi Gig podcast, and Emma does it every week without complaint. Uh, we will be coming up next with some WSL analysis. So I think uh, the word of the weekend was definitely goals, 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 because there was just so many of them. As you just said, Karen, not a single clean sheet. Uh, it's hard to know where to start. I'm kind of tempted to start with some of the kind of lower level teams just because some of those results were pretty big in terms of the relegation battle um reading in particular losing two three to everton which leaves them in a very very bad place going forward i mean they're only a point off everton or sorry point off i'm thinking of like that men's relegation battle rather than the women's <laughs> one now they're only a point off leicester at the bottom of the team and leicester have a game in hand which obviously isn't a guarantee of points but you know, it it does look a little bit dodgy for them at the moment. Um, it just seemed like they every time Everton counterattacked, they just didn't know what to do. They were just mess. Yeah, in a game when it, when it is so tight at the end, when you get a two nil lead, you just need to be so concentrated and be so resilient. Um, and Everton showed character in the game, and Reading didn't. Um, and it's that's something you really kind of need when you're in the depths of it and yeah that was a real chance to get points on the board there and just now we go to nil ahead within 17 minutes and then it just seemed to be the thing of the weekend was just teams racing yeah and they got themselves um a soft penalty so you thought the look was kind of in their favor um when things go like like that for you think oh maybe things are, are finally changing but um yeah, they let Everton back into it too too easy. Um, um. Yeah, I mean, Everton, for me, they have the better players. They should be winning this game. But if you're in a team that's fighting relegation and 
looks very likely that you could be relegated and you go 2-0 up, you're should be like absolute animals trying to keep that that win. And you, there is no fight in them. They just let Everton in way too easily. And, and it's just, it's a shame, really. It's, it's a bit, I feel bad even watching them because I'm like, this is a team that look like they've, they've been defeated already. Do you know, even 2-0 up, they look like they were going to lose, to be quite honest. Um, but Everton shouldn't be losing to Reading. Not with the players they have. And, you know, what, what a goal from Sorensen, by the way. She, she's coming into herself. I think she's going to be quality next season. She has taken her a little while to get into the, the groove of things. Um, but cracking goal from her. But again, just too easy from Reading. Just poor defending, too many gaps, not getting to the ball quick enough and, and just basic errors that really they probably deserve to go down looking at their performances, being honest. Well, I do feel like that. Like I know. Leicester have struggled through like a lot of the season, but I also feel like they've been really close a couple of times. You know, a lot of their games have been very close and they've lost at the last minute. And that was possibly down to just like not having enough experience and decent players in the squad. Whereas you look at the Spurs squad and you're like, it's a bit higgledy piggledy, but it should, or sorry, the Reading squad, but it has that like, it does have a le- enough level of experience and enough experience in the WSL and enough leaders to be like, hello guys, we really need to pull up our socks and, you know, fight for this and not. Yeah, I think that's you- a disappointing thing though, isn't it? That they, they look like they should have leaders, but when they're on the pitch, they they don't, it doesn't look like anyone's taken control of the situation. Um, and I think that's stemming from the backline being so unsure. Like Emma said, they're not closing the ball quick enough and it's just giving teams opportunities. And this is in the box. Never mind anywhere else on the pitch where they're pressing forward in any way. It's, it's literally in the box. Teams are getting space against them. So Yeah, yeah and, and I also think, you know, the, the club itself, it, it, I don't feel like they've got that ambition in general as a club. Whereas you look at Leicester, they're investing, they're trying to bring players in, they're trying to do something. And, you know, in women's football now, you need clubs that are investing in, in players and are motivated to improve. And I just don't see where that's going to come with Reading, personally. Um, which is a shame because they've been around for a very long time and they've got some decent players and they've got really good committed staff. But if you don't have the backing, if you don't get the money, it's very difficult. Mm. And elsewhere in that relegation battle, uh, Brighton had their first WL defeat under Melissa Phillips with a 2-1 loss against Liverpool. They've had like quite a tough time, Brighton, in terms of scheduling. It's their third game in eight days and they looked leggy out there, I thought. They looked like they didn't whenever Liverpool started to press them a little bit. Um, they just didn't really seem to have enough in the tank to take them to the full 90 minutes. Yeah, but again, they're a team that are scrapping. And if you go a goal up, you, you fight tooth and nail. You, you try and get as much out of your legs as you can. And I think they said after the match that Brighton have lost 10 points from winning positions. So this isn't just a tiredness thing with them this season. It's it's an inconsistency thing. It's not being able to see out the match. So again, you're kind of looking and seeing who's the leaders there, who's dragging them in together and saying, like, this can't be happening now. Liverpool were bright and sprightly. Definitely looked like they had more energy than Brighton, but that stat is a bit damning, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you have to give credit to Liverpool in this game mm. because I just think they looked like a team that were 
you know, gunning for it. And, and when Van der Sanden's on the pitch, they're a completely different team. Plus they had Melissa Lawley back as well. So they're getting their players back. They play um, a lot more pace when they have Van der Sanden. Absolutely. They're, they're so direct. Team, yeah. And that's how they should play. That's how they played against Chelsea in the very yeah. first game, just being direct, direct, going forward. And it's amazing when you have a player with speed that can keep the ball, it changes the whole like tactic and perspective of the game. And I think with these players in there, Liverpool can be way further up the table. Um Talking about players coming back, Nifahi's still not back, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, with the calf injury uh, that she should have only been out for a couple, few weeks with. So that's um, a little bit worrying for Ireland. I hope she gets back fairly soon. I believe she's very near it. So, so Matt Beard said last week that she's a couple of weeks yeah. off. Although he is, he does tend to say like players are a couple of weeks off and then it's like another couple of weeks and another couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't know if that's for the player's sake or for the fan's sake, but um, he's not always fully open and honest about how far away players actually are we hope um, you're being honest um liverpool yeah like if you offered liverpool seventh at the start of the season you'd have to think that they'd be very happy with that i don't know would they have expected to be above west ham tottenham and brighton Maybe well, well the thing is but, that they should be yeah because of how they play when they have all their players fit um and i think with matt beard as well I loads of respect for him as a manager and when he has his players they just play really well they're a team you don't want to play against mm. because they're so quick in transition as well like it's a nightmare for teams in that turnover of, of possession they just go straight down and if they can find Van de Sanden she'll create something and then it's up to the other players to get into the box and they do have decent players to do that like Holland in the team of the week yeah her first finish was so weird it was, it was like pure flute Hit off her instep and looped over the keeper. But yeah, no, no, no. It was a pure fluke. She was off yeah. balance. She was falling over, but still. But I think she, she deserved her goals. I mean, she's a player who works very hard for them as well and gets herself in good position. So, just not consistent enough, though. Have to be consistent in the league. And if she were consistent, the same level when she's on a high, she'd be up there as one of the better midfielders for the league. Mm. Elsewhere, we had Manchester City 6, West Ham 2. Yeah, this was a very much City staking their claim, being like, hello, guys, everyone else isn't playing this weekend. Just want to remind you (laughs) that we're still here and we're still feeling competitive. Didn't expect a scoreline like that personally, but I don't know what you guys felt going into the game. I definitely thought City were going to win, but I didn't think West Ham would be as poor as they were. Um, I think City even kind of switched off. Like the two goals they conceded were pretty sloppy, um, but they were so in control of the game at that point. Sometimes it is hard to play against an opposition that are such a lower level than you. And like I said, Sissoko making an absolute hames of it for the first goal and if you let City in early doors, kind of hard to shut off shop then. Yeah, I mean, at, at 2-1, 2-1, they should have been, you know, fighting for that and trying to keep that and trying to catch City on the break, but they didn't, just the floodgates open. I actually thought West Ham started okay. I was quite impressed with Emma Snerley in there. I thought she was doing really well. Um, but the thing is, City are, for me, probably the best team in the league when they play 
they, the fact that they dropped all those points at the start, I mean, it's the story of their, their lives, to be honest. At the start of the season, it's just not good for them. Champions League is not good in, in, in August for them because they're absolutely horrific. But if they were to start like this, they'd be winning the league and they'd be winning it by a long, long distance. So, I mean, they've made it really difficult for themselves. I do think they will get into Champions League spot. I think United are going to mess it up. I really do. Um, and I think City do deserve it because I, I think they're absolutely quality. And I just, the way they play, the players they have, they just, now how they're playing is, it's just really good to watch. And it's a shame they weren't playing like that in the Champions League because I think they might be the only team that could compete against Barca at the moment. So you're saying United are going to come fourth? Yeah, I am. Okay. Right. Interesting. What, do you, what, what are you saying, Karen? Let's put screen. your money where your mouth is, girl. I think they're going to come third. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to come. So you think they're you think City think are, are going to aren't going to make the Champions League, and you think no, United? I think Arsenal aren't. What? <laughs> oh my God! What's going on? Uh, uh, I, well, let's put a, a cocktail on this. Let's yeah. put a couple of cocktails on this. Perfect. If you yeah. look at Arsenal, Arsenal have got Leicester, Brighton, Everton, Chelsea, Aston Villa. That's a walk through. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't realise they were the fixtures. United have got Villa, Spurs, <laughs> City, Liverpool. Okay, that's that's easy too. But I don't trust United as I would trust Arsenal beating those teams. City, you've got Red in Liverpool, what about, like, the, Everton. The last week that Arsenal have gone through, like losing Williamson, losing Kim Little. Kim Kayden Little Ford. is a massive blow. Kim Little's a massive blow. I think they can get by, and I still think they've got enough quality in the the squad to to beat to win their remaining games. Leicester for sure, Brighton, Everton, Aston Villa. I think they'll be Aston Villa may cause a little bit of a problem, but not much. Yeah. Okay. I look forward to clipping all this up for the end of the season. I look forward to a French martini. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be revoluting the other one. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. Uh, I was like, I need you to fly to Barcelona, Rome, yeah, Manchester, yeah. wherever yeah. I am. Rome. It's the most expensive city, so you can go there. I'll enjoy um, my another thing I did for City is that Mary Fowler got her first goal. She's just getting a bit of confidence up just before the World Cup. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Also getting a bit of game time just before the World yeah. Cup. Never mind the confidence. Should be getting more though, shouldn't she? She's quality. She's such a good player. Um oh, I'd I certainly don't... be knocking on that door. But she doesn't seem she seems to be happy enough just to get the experience and stuff like that. An easy, a really nice player to have as a manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, though, like I would be like, I know, say last season with Lauren James, it was really clear that Emma Hayes had a plan for her and, you know, they were working on specific things. I don't get the impression that's the same thing with Gareth Taylor, where he's like working her a certain way so that she develops and becomes an even better player than she is at the moment. It just, to me, seems like a bit of wasted time for her that she's not getting, especially pre-World Cup, because like the Australians are so excited about her, as they should be, because she's a great player. 
But you've spent most of your season sitting on a bench at City and we've seen it with other younger players who have maybe left City and gone on loan and, you know, got that sort of time at places like Everton or wherever it might be. It's been really, really beneficial for them. Um, you mean, look at like Chloe Kelly when she went out on loan from City. So I just kind of wonder what what's the plan and I've, there is no plan. There's, there's a, a plan about Gareth Taylor. <laughs> it's a plan to keep your head above water, and and you're you're trying to get into the Champions League because if you don't, perhaps you might not have a job next season. So the plan is to to stay in the in the job. Um, with Mary, I mean, there's so many good players, but if she's not knocking on his door, demanding game time. It's easy to to keep her on the bench, but she should be and she should be playing. And if I were the Australia manager, I'd be telling her she needs to either go out on loan or make sure she's playing. Uh, I don't think she'd be let out on loan personally. I I don't think Garrett Taylor would allow her to go out on loan because she's an important player for them. But then you can't have the best of both. You can't have a player like that that you want, but don't give uh, enough minutes to. So... But at the moment, everybody seems to be happy. So we're we're happy that she's not playing as well. So we don't mind. We'll just keep it as it is. <laughs> Although she looked quite sharp playing against England as well. I don't think it really bothers her or it affects her performance. Yeah, well, Emma, you have said before, like, if you're, tr- it's better to be training at that high level week in, week out. Like, we were kind of saying, should some of our girls go out on loan? But the higher the level you can train at, the better. And I suppose training at the highest level so fun for us she can come have her breakthrough season next year just after the world cup after you know conceding horrendous goal to ireland that you know sends us through to the next stage of the competition she'll learn her lesson she'll come back brilliant next year and that's totally fine because i've interviewed her and she's a very very nice (laughs) young woman and i don't want to hear (laughs) possibly Um, Were you hoping she wasn't nice? Or it sounds like you're like, damn, she's such a nice girl. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, when you're like, like cheering for your team and then you're like up against certain players and they're very nice and you're like, uh, I don't really want you to mess up right now, but also it benefits me if you do. So Uh, finally, we had Tottenham three, Aston Villa three. Uh, I mean, it looked like Spurs were going to do something impressive and then they did not. Um, it's They've had 11 defeats in their last 12 games, so maybe a 3-3 draw at Aston Villa isn't the worst, even if they should have really finished it out. I feel like this has been the common theme with a lot of the games today, where we're like, these teams are kind of scrapping, they should have finished it out, and then they don't. I think before the game, they'd have taken a point, but then obviously after getting 3-2 up, they'd be disappointed. Mm. you can dress it up any way you want as a good point but again if you are scrapping and you have a 3-2 lead and you have good players see it out yeah no no they they I think they should be disappointed um not to come away with three points um but then Villa as well Villa look like they're hitting a bit of a bit of a low patch it's like they they lost to Chelsea twice although I thought the second game they were excellent and they're kind of what are they playing for? <laughs> Pride, yes. To to and they don't really they're just gonna be mid table team. Um and they're playing like a mid table team. But going into the game, they should be beating Spurs. You know, you want them to beat them because I, I like Villa. I I like how they play, I like the manager, and I want them to do better and it's a shame that they're getting into this kind of state now because I want them to take points off 
teams because they can make it even more interesting. But the way they're playing at the moment, I don't think they're going to take points off the top four. Yeah, no, I think that is, that, that's probably a fair. And it's kind of sad, like, obviously we've enjoyed so much like United being in that top four race, well, top three race technically for this season. But like the gap just seems to not be filled all that much into the middle of the the table, which is a shame. We're going to finish up with a quick look ahead to the Champions League. And I want your score predictions for both the Chelsea and Arsenal games. You can go at Chelsea first. Three nil, Barca. Yeah, I was going to say three. Uh, four, four nil. Could be. I had four nil Barca in my head, and then Arsenal Wolfsburg. I do two one Arsenal. Does I do two be- nil, two nil Arsenal. Mm, yeah, I kind of agree with the. Um, I want to pick something. <laughs> yeah, let's go one nil Wolfsburg. I'm already getting slated on this podcast anyway, so. Oh. No, I don't actually believe that. I think Arsenal will win. I just want to go against you. <laughs> You're just trying to yeah. give us like. You could just say a different scoreline where Arsenal no, winning no, if you want. I don't to. think Arsenal will score three goals. So maybe. Four? <laughs> two, two? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. They don't want to go up to extra time. Um, yeah, no, let's go 1 0 Wolfsburg. Go for the upset. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is a good point. You definitely do not want it to go to extra time. Considering oh, header back post. <laughs> so Pop will be back for that game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm. Yeah, no, I can't deal with any more Arsenal last minute tragedy or excitement. That's if they get home. <laughs> they might. Yeah. They mightn't get back to London. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. For anyone who hasn't seen it this evening, uh, there was breaking news that a bird flew into the engine of the Arsenal plane when they were coming back on Sunday yesterday. There's pictures, and I think it was in the Daily Mail, of uh, the engine. It was like fairly on fire. Everyone was evacuated and everything. Everyone is fine. But uh, as Emma Carroll was saying earlier, can Arsenal's luck get any better? I mean, three of your top players out with ACL injuries... Kim Little out with it for an extended period, also injured. I'm just like, I actually find it difficult watching Arsenal games now, particularly whenever Katie gets the ball, because I'm just like, please, no, don't do this to me. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I was recording something else whenever um, the Leah Williamson news broke and I just saw the message like flash up over over my screen and I was doing like an interview about rugby. So I couldn't even turn around and be like, oh my God, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Our title and possibly Champions League hopes have all just died in one message. Um, (laughs) But yes, we will bring you all the crack from the WSL. As we say, the relegation battle is possibly the most interesting part, as we have said, uh, just because there's still so many teams involved in it, but also everything else that's happening across the rest of the table. And any other important updates, um, hopefully none of them, including ACL injuries. Emma and Karen, thank you very much. Thank you. uh, Everyone who is listening, uh, please do get any thoughts or comments into us on Twitter. You can find all three of us there. Uh, We always love hearing from you or you can email us as well on the Koi Gig podcast at offtheball.com. We will see you all next week. The Koi Gig pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.